Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Fitness Unfiltered. How are you, Michael? I'm very well, thank you, Emma. How are you? I'm very well. How are you, Dan? I'm okay. Can I be honest? I'm a bit weary. Oh, But it's okay. You, I'm good. You look a little bit weary because yeah, it's, it's, it's really dark where Dan is. It's either in the bathroom or in the shed that I record. This highlights the difference between when someone says, how are you? And they just want you to go, yeah, I'm all right, thanks. And when they actually are interested in whether you're all right. We just we just demonstrated that difference right now. I said I'm fine. I'm not fine either. I've got a cold. Oh, <laughs> Dr. Mike's got a cold. Yeah. I was lying as well. I'm not even fine. You should see a GP. Oh, I am, actually. <laughs> <laughs> if only we knew one. Right, getting on with today's podcast. Today, we're going to talk about HIIT, or high-intensity interval training, because I got a really good question um, from someone, and they said... If HIT is so amazing, why would anyone do any other form of exercise? So I kind of wanted to delve into that question and then I guess discuss some of the benefits of HIT um, and some of the benefits of other forms of exercise and what HIT is. So I thought I'd start with what HIT is. And there are loads of different forms of HIT. And some people would say, you know, that's not really HIIT, it's just cardio, it's just intervals. And I think you're kind of arguing for no reason a lot of the time. But a good a good that analogy... That's unlike people on the internet, isn't it? Oh, I know. But I was analogy... going to be one of those people then. I was like, so is it HIIT or is it miss? You know, is it medium or is it moderate? What is it? Oh, and then you've got, I was about to say a swear word there, but it's SIT, which is short and intense training or something like that they differentiate between that in the literature anyway because the short one is like 10 second bouts and the longer one tends to be one minute on one minute off type exercise anyway back to my point Keith Barr um does a nice analogy and it's like an exercise spectrum so at one end you've got endurance training at the other end you've got resistance training and hits it somewhere in between and that's kind of you know a good way to think about it especially when we're thinking about adaptations to training as well because hits it somewhere in between you're kind of getting some of the um muscular adaptations that you would get from endurance training and some of the ones that you would get from resistance training so that's i think a lot of the reason why people think it's this you know amazing form of training because you're getting a bit like maybe potentially hopefully the best of both worlds or at least a bit of both worlds um i'm gonna say the obvious which is it's a bit of a false dichotomy like why would you just do hit training when you could do a little bit of endurance training a little bit of hit training and a little bit of resistance training which would in theory in my eyes be probably the best uh, um, exercise description you you could give uh but yeah what are your do you what would you prescribe dan like do you do a lot of hit training with your clients or i, I do a real mixture um is, is very much personal preference in and, and it sounds like the cop out answer but it's very context specific that i know that sounds super super vague but not only is it let me guess it depends it depends um but i have got people that are very time constrained in which it would be the most appropriate but that said structurally there's a few people that i work with it probably wouldn't be most appropriate for um if we're talking about impacted joints and whether they've got that conditioning base and that structural integrity there 
to actually deal with the, the stress of hit trading. Yeah, it, you bring up, sorry, you bring up a brilliant point there, which is time. So one of the biggest um, barriers that people claim to exercise is that I don't have enough time to exercise. And I think that's one of the really interesting things about high intensity interval training, which has shown that you can get some of these really massive improvements in health markers from very short, intense exercise bouts. So you're kind of like, you know, you, you don't need a lot of time to train. You can do an effective workout that will improve your health in 10 minutes, say. So yeah. that's a brilliant point. Yeah, and I suppose from a purist point of view, true hit is really within 10 to 20 max. And I know you said that at the start, but really if people are claiming to be doing hit for like 45 minutes, 60 minutes, it's not mm. probably true hit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just, just in terms of the fitness adaptations possible as well and the benefits to um, cardiovascular fitness i think that is a fantastic way of training personally i prefer it over and that's from a um, as you said a time point of view as well i prefer it myself much shorter um especially if you're time constrained in the gym <clears throat> but that said sorry i was just going to say lists on top of that I, again people will class cardio and if we're putting air quotations in there I would classify anything cardio as anything that's going to potentially benefit the cardiovascular system. Whereas realistically, if you're walking uphill, we're talking expenditure work. We're mm -hmm. talking neat, really, because that's not true cardio. But I guess that's the kind of subjective point I was making there. Yeah, that is interesting because most of the research shows that HIT is better for improving VO2 max, which is going to be your biggest predictor of cardiorespiratory fitness, um, than... Mod, more moderate intensity exercise so that's quite an interesting point and I think your point about enjoyment and individual preference is really interesting as well and of, they've done a load of research on this and it does seem that men now this is obviously a huge generalization but men apparently enjoy hit more than endurance training or like regular endurance training and women or at least obese women absolutely cannot stand hit that, that's not what they actually concluded by the researchers but they did not enjoy it as much as moderate so it is interesting and maybe different populations and you can sort of see why like does an obese person want to exert themselves that much or are they used to that level of exertion um probably not and it's probably very uncomfortable for them whereas 30 minutes of moderate intensity cycling or walking really might not be as daunting for them yeah, and risk-reward as well, I think it's important to consider. You know, if, if someone is classed as morbidly obese, does potentially put themselves under strenuous exercise for such a short amount of time and exerting themselves that much, does that potentially put them at risk of things like, you know, let's, let's be honest, a heart attack, potentially? Well, that's an interesting point. So, like, Mike, do, have you... Does that put people at higher risk? Like really exerting themselves that's probably a really obvious question but this you know hit has been done in clinical populations and is mm. you know prescribed to people with cardiovascular disease people with diabetes who are at a much higher risk of ha having a cardiac event yeah so, well, i mean it, it i guess it depends what level of um it, it depends entirely what level of is like ischemic heart disease they have so if someone's got angina if they've got partial blockage of their coronary arteries and then you're you're uh, putting a higher work capacity onto the heart, then the heart is requiring increased blood flow. So if it's not getting enough blood, um, 
then that's obviously going to be a bad thing and that can lead to angina or a heart attack but you would expect that people would you would probably be getting sort of some level of exertional symptoms already whether that's breathlessness or chest pain it's difficult to know really i mean it, and without doing an angiogram on everybody before they start exercising you won't really know and it's more if if you're increasing your cardiac output you're increasing the workload of the heart but if you are morbidly obese you're you're you know the the heart is having to work harder anyway so if you're reducing I mean, I I always struggle with this a little bit because we often get, you know, you get patients who come in and say, oh, I've been to the gym and the gym says I have to have a note from my GP to say that I'm mm-hmm. allowed to exercise. Um, and I, I guess say, they just want to is... pass the blame to you. Yeah, like, oh, the GP yeah. said it was fine, so... Yeah, I, I mean, the, the thing is, like, I guess with anything, it depends, once again. But also, people need to listen to their bodies and listen to, you know... And that's a very challenging thing because certainly when I was very unfit, um, my body was constantly telling me to stop exercising. Uh, and if I had listened to it, I probably still would be very unfit. Um, mm. But equally, I think I think humans know their capacity. I think if they, you know, if you really feel like you're overdoing it, then you probably are overdoing it. Um, I think also in people who are new to exercise, then they're not going to they're not going to get to that level of cardiac output anyway because they're not going to manage that amount of exercise you know it's not going to they're not going to suddenly go from 0 to 100 with with exercising certainly when i started training at the gym my program was 15 minutes on the exercise bike and 15 minutes of on the cross trainer i didn't break a sweat i didn't do anything but you know i was increasing my amount of calories that i was using etc and i was starting to get used to in, increased cardiovascular exercise but the first time I had to cycle up a hill I didn't manage it yeah and and I mean you're saying oh it didn't do anything but it's all very relative isn't it you know exactly I I posted up the other day saying if you're new to exercise you can do literally anything and get results and it's true like you know people sort of put a barrier up again being like oh I'm not sure what to do in the gym I'm not sure what the best exercise regime is like so-and-so personal trainer told me that like dvd you know i don't know some celebrity dvd was stupid to do blah 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 like literally anything walking Mm. doing dvd like i think at that level adherence is one of the most important things yeah so whatever you enjoy whatever you actually do Gonna say there, actually, no, 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 sorry, I interrupted you. I, I thought you actually made a really good point because I think when we are thinking about inher- adherence, especially for perhaps the population we're referring to, that stepping through the gym doors is a massive step already. Mm-hmm. And actually, when we're trying to warm those people to exercise and actually get them to enjoy it, which you know, depending on their experience, they may have had a lifetime where they've hated exercise, is do we want to get them through the doors? Beast them to the point they want to they, they feel sick and actually you know they're sore for days afterwards they're not going to want to come back really mm. we should probably ease them in although that you know in the strictest sense of what you said emma that might not be the best thing for them then is giving them a little bit of what they want initially first before we can give them what they need mm-hmm. and i think that you know breaking down that barrier to exercise like i went to um um what did i go to like a lecture a lecture is what i went to right and it was on um hit training and it was uh, some really interesting research that showed that actually two bouts of 10 seconds could significantly improve insulin sensitivity so like a big marker of health there 
And, you know, telling someone who is quite overweight and absolutely hates exercise that all they need to do is two times 10 seconds of exercise. Like that's, you know, even if you're maximally, you know, pushing as hard as you can, which of course at that level you would need to be, that's pretty doable. They can't say, no, I couldn't do that. You know, you could do it in your suit at work. So you're kind of breaking down that barrier um, and it and it was really interesting and fascinating. I was kind of like quite skeptical of, you know, just that short amount of exercise could do that. But I think it's more from what I gathered anyway on like a muscular level that you're, I guess, disturbing this like homeostatic level um, and causing so much stress to that muscle that it needs to adapt. And interestingly, they found that in men, it seems to adapt much better better because i think because you've got more muscle more glute 4 which is your glucose transporters which takes glucose out of the blood and into the muscle um which means that you've got more of a chance to increase insulin sensitivity by that method whereas it was slightly harder for women who had less muscle and maybe they'd need to do something slightly longer um which again is quite interesting like do would the protocols need to be changed for men and women are women potentially better to be doing or endurance type exercise in terms of shorter I don't know it's interesting or maybe it maybe it would then relate to muscle mass and it's just the fact that most women have less muscle mass than men who knows yeah and what you mentioned in terms of populations as well you know if we're talking type 2 diabetics you know that might be a more appropriate form of exercise for them polycystic ovarian syndrome which is Mm -hmm. You know, it's a syndrome, so it's symptomatic of a few things that may manifest itself in different ways. But it may be that <clears throat> with that population group, we are looking at insulin sensitivity. So HIT might be a more appropriate form of exercise for them. And even then, what I found really interesting is some of the research shows that um, it doesn't, you know, HIT is often interpreted as being absolutely balls to the walls. You know, traditionally it was Wingate cycle test, which is 30 seconds of absolute, you know, as hard as you can cycling it's got to be done on a bike that has a drop weight and you drop what is it 7.5 percent of your body weight drops down and you go balls to the walls for the whole way and like if you do it properly you are absolutely dead at the end of 30 seconds but some of the research shows that even just that change in effort um, even if it's quite moderate has a big effect so there was um, a study that was done on diabetics Uh, one group was just uh, slow walk well not slow walking but steady state walking and the other group was interval walking but you know they're still talking about walking you're not running here so it was just walking a little you know maybe power walking and then walking at slower state and these were matched for workload so how many calories burnt probably is how they matched it but they showed that even when matched the total fitness level that increased in the interval walking group significantly more uh, body composition increased significantly more and fasting glucose was reduced significantly so you think you know that's a very small change that say you already go for a walk that you're like okay actually between these two lampposts i'm going to power walk and then i'm going to go back to normal walking and then i'm going to power walk again and do you know what maybe it does make a big difference maybe it doesn't but it's quite a small change that you could make that could be having yeah. a big impact on your health so if we are talking personal preference what do you guys prefer uh, well, I do yourselves. I like to do 
um, less or like slow endurancey type stuff when I'm doing my emails in the morning. So I'll normally do about 20 minutes just like walking on the treadmill or something like that. And then I don't, I don't really like hit cardio it, like on a bike or anything, but I do like circuits, which I guess is similar. More interesting. It's fun. Mike, you hit guy. Power hour. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of intensity on any level. <laughs> um, I know it's it's interesting because I did my first. So I started at, when I started at the gym. I obviously started doing you know th- these limited amounts, and then I joined an outdoor boot camp, um, and I I had to lie down at the end of my first one because I thought I was going to pass out, um, and for some reason I I carried on going back and I went to this. I, I mean I, I can't really explain it because. I sort of there was some level on on which I enjoyed it um but I also didn't enjoy it and I don't know exercise is weird I still can't really get my head around it if I'm honest I I think fundamentally while I'm doing it I feel so much venom towards it but then after I've done it I'm quite happy that I've done it so I I I struggle with the endorphin rush I, I don't even know if it's if it's that much of enjoyment I'm just I'm pleased I did I'm pleased it's over (laughs) and I'm pleased that I have achieved it but I don't know you must like it if you can't sleep the night before power hour just in case you miss it do you know why I love power hour so much the soundtrack make the playlist I get to make the playlist I get to spend an hour making people listen to tunes that I've chosen um and they can't skip them I love that so much. It's like my life's dream. So the exercise is almost secondary. But actually, no, the exercise is fine because I, I guess I was trying to think while we were talking about this whether that but it obviously isn't hit because it's an hour of continuous exercise. So I guess it is less. And I quite, I think I do enjoy, like I enjoy being active. I enjoy doing those sorts of things. But I, you know, if, if you put me on an assault bike and I have to do those sprints, I, I don't like that. Mm. Yeah, I think... There are a few, I guess, the counter arguments to HIT. And I've been to a few lectures on it on more like a population base. Like, is this a good tool for people who mm-hmm. have cardiovascular We lost you for a second there, Emma. And one of the biggest... Oh, am I back? So, so they get... Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, you said one of the... You, you, it just that, that's, we just lost the last sentence. You said cardiovascular disease and diabetes, I think. Okay, okay. That's probably what I did say. And so one of the biggest arguments against using this on a population basis was that they didn't think it would be, you know, like adherence would be high. And I think it's quite hard to tell if it would or wouldn't. I guess that that's what people need to study. But their, their argument is that most of these studies were done for, I don't know, six weeks maybe. And, mm. you know, it was very much um, instructor-led. You know, mm. would you be able to go off and do that on your own? Maybe yes, maybe no. Again, it depends on the on the protocol, I guess. Like, could you, you know, do the sort of walking idea I was talking about? Yes, absolutely. Would you be doing a Wingate-type, wing like, cycle test? No. But then with the walking idea, like, you're really not getting the benefit of that time barrier because actually it's mm. going to take you exactly the same amount of time, really. So yeah, it's interesting. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the answer to everything. I think it's the one form of exercise that's magic or anything like that. But I do think that you know if you're, if you've got time restraint and if you're 
not going to do anything else that you're happy to do two bouts of 10 seconds maximally on a bike or something like that it's better than nothing (laughs) i think it's interesting as well because people people judge exercise and its success based on different things so it's like the people that think that if they wake up with with muscle soreness the next day they must have had a really good workout and so if you go and do a hit session and you feel like you're going to pass out you think oh, imagine all the fat that I've burnt off today mm. whereas if you you know go for a walk for an hour you you know get to the end of that and think wow you know I'm I've done really well today with exercise etc I've burnt loads of calories so I think that that even that kind of you know that almost masochism I think is can be helpful to some people because it's it makes them feel like it's what it must be working because it feels horrific yeah Dan what would you say to people if they're like okay sure but (laughs) when I do hit I'm burning calories for the rest of the day or more calories for the rest oh, the of the whole day. epoch thing yeah it's, it's, it's been shown to be marginal hasn't it but it's actually although people might not want to eat as much directly after later in the day as you said because they feel they feel they've burnt that, that many more calories they end up consuming a little bit more What's I can't epoch, remember that, please um exercise post oxygen consumption so that in that that state after training that they're consuming more oxygen which should therefore oxidize more body fat that's the theory but that's been shown to be tiny yeah it's it's because you build up you build up this this um oxygen debt by doing anaerobic exercise so that has that debt has to be repaid potentially burning more calories after exercise which is true but yeah it's been massively sort of overhyped and the same with um resistance training really you know people will say oh yeah but you've got more muscle mass which means you'll be burning more just at rest which you know it's not it's not not true it's just unfortunately it's like four calories or something isn't it yeah a day or something yeah i think yeah a kilogram yeah. of body yeah but then if you're going i've had a really hard workout you're going to starbucks i'm in a choco frocco macchino with a, a skinny muffin as well mm. and you totally negate that deficit that you're in and you know that's probably an important thing to mention as well if we're talking fat loss here is that this is all kind of irrelevant if you're not in is the boring phrase a calorie deficit anyway mm. doesn't matter what you're doing whether you're doing hit whether you're doing low intensity medium intensity well that's one thing that i'd like to touch on as well is that you know we always assume and not wrongly that most people like fat loss is the goal but even if you don't lose any fat and you start exercising your health will increase Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I don't know I think we get a bit too caught up on oh well if you've not lost fat or yeah but you might not you might not lose any fat but that's you know it's almost besides the point like oh you, you probably won't burn as many calories doing HIT, depending on the protocol as you would doing um, endurance training that's for sure yeah. but are you still getting benefit or potentially more benefit to your health in terms of insulin sensitivity and um, yeah. VO2 max and just general fitness. That's yeah, quite I, I, I hope actually the the listeners have enjoyed that part of this podcast. Is that I think we agreed we didn't want to make it strictly just about fat burning because there are thousands of articles. There's probably thousands of podcasts on that as well. Whereas we've made quite a good reference to health benefits <laughs> to change up your mode of training. So if nothing else, you know, it's going to improve your health. It's going to improve your fitness. Mm-hmm. True. And then you touched on hunger, which is also really interesting. And I'm going to make this really boring, but it's so individual as well. Like 
a lot of the research shows that some people get hungrier after endurance training and others get hungrier after hit training so that's quite interesting i guess but and and then i guess you could call that <clears throat> or someone will likely try and claim that they can make a test to see which exercise will be better for your hunger levels and thus which exercise is going to suit you and your phenotype better and also it's 50 pounds for the test yeah <laughs> send, a lot of variables send, play, everyone yeah. please send me a hair sample to, <laughs> i'll tell you <laughs> okay should we wrap this one up i think so yes yeah, so take home points for people take home points I mean number one would be you know the question at the start was if hit is so great why would you do anything else well you know lots of different forms of exercise have different benefits um a few things we touched on also were if you're just starting to exercise literally anything anything will benefit you so whatever you enjoy is probably a bigger factor than what is potentially the best um some forms of hit may be beneficial in terms of um the barrier to exercise which most people claim is time so if you've not got much time then maybe hit would be a good thing for you i think what's most impressive about hit is the the <clears throat> health benefit benefits potentially rather than fat loss benefits yep i agree might risk reward yeah and at the end of the day conditions the exercise the exercise that you do is always better for you than the exercise that you don't do. Oh, that's, that's an Instagram. doctor, isn't it? I know, I just coined a phrase. Someone's probably coined that before, but I'm going to claim that as my That's yours. Yeah. Is it? Excellent. Yeah. We'll use that as the uh, tagline. Um, yeah, risk-benefit. And I, I think that the, the thing is, generally, if you have problems with your cardiovascular fitness improving your cardiovascular fitness is always a good thing listen to your body don't ignore signs of um you know actual actual danger so if you are getting chest pain on exercise stop and speak to somebody about it um if you are getting symptoms that that aren't you know the normal getting you know if, you, if you're getting more out of breath at less exercise or anything like that you know an increasing shortness of breath on exercise it's important to address it um, with a medical professional don't the um treadmills at some gym say that like if you feel slightly dizzy and out of breath you should stop and it's like most people are going to feel like that yeah. if they're new to exercise anyway yeah but... i mean I, th I think most people know the difference between there's something i think i feel like there has to be something instinctive in it i think if you if you're feeling like you're you're struggling because you're exercising hard there's a difference between that and um, something something bad is happening to me. I don't know, you know. Like, I, I'd hope that you're right, but I do think that some people have an extremely low tolerance to exercise. And, you know, I've worked with clinical populations before in, in exercise, and when you can monitor, like, their heart rate alongside what they're saying and, like, their yeah. their perceived rate of exertion. I was just about to well, say. They don't correlate at yeah. all in some people. <clears throat> that's why, you know, the RPEs, I think that's an awful tool to use because it's such I a sort of meant it. I sort of meant it in the other direction. Like, I think if you are about... I, I, I think you're unlikely to carry on if you are actually in physical danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I've definitely, um, but you know, it is, I, it is I, I definitely have a messed up perception of that. I always think something terrible is going to happen if I push myself further than I do. <laughs> Sorry, I was scared I might die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Right, brilliant place to stop. Yeah, I think Thanks so. Thanks for listening, guys. Please continue Thanks, to rate, subscribe, download, review, um, and preferably fewer one-star reviews and more five-star reviews, should you feel so inclined. Or if you do give a one-star, please tell us why, because we'd love to improve. Yeah, and if you've got any tips or advice or you would like to see or hear anything on the podcast, please don't hesitate to get in touch with any of us. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.